Hi, everyone. Hi, Tanika. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Drama. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Not Your Mama's Drama. Again, as always, thank you for listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. All right, Marianne, let's get right into it. What's going on in your life? What's your drama today? My drama today is dating and married life, and I just want to know what's going on out there. So with that, we have an amazing guest today. Dee Dee Patterson is a soulmate coach who helps women over 30 who are losing hope that they will ever get married to find long-lasting love that leads to a happy marriage. She is a wife and mother with three young children. Didi is the author of When You Meet Your Match, My Match.com Marriage, Are 10 Secrets to a Happy Marriage. She enjoys being married so much that she helps other women find the right man for them. For more information, you can visit her at www.dd. I missed another W. There's three W's. ddpatterson.com. And we are so happy to have her t- here today. So welcome, Didi. Hello. Thank you for having me on. It's great to be here. Hi, Didi. Thank you so much for joining us. Here's Didi's book. Please go out and get a copy. Uh, You can order it on Amazon or anywhere else that you get books. So Didi, congratulations on your amazing book. What was your inspiration for writing this book? So around the time that I wrote the book, a lot of people were talking negatively about marriage. And even my preacher at my church, like every Sunday, he was talking about how hard and bad marriages and praying for marriages because I know how hard it what how hard it is. And my husband and I could not relate. We have such a wonderful marriage. I love, love being married. And so I just wrote a book just to write about what 10 things we do to have a happy marriage to maybe help other couples who are not having such a good marriage, just to give them advice on things that they could do. That's awesome. I love the way that you're super excited about your marriage. I mean, I love my husband too, but I don't, I'm not sure that I introduce it that way. This is going to help us all get excited about it. And maybe there will be many, many more sequels to this book, right? Yeah. More happy marriages. So how long did it take to write it? And did you ever suffer from writer's block? So I wrote the book in 2020. So I was home from the pandemic and I just had a lot of free time. And so I wrote it in four months. I didn't know it was going to be out for four months um, during a pandemic, but I just wrote and it just poured out of me. So it's easy when you're writing about yourself. So it just poured out of me. I, I thought of the 10 things that made us have a happy marriage. And then I found evidence to prove the things that I was saying. I don't know if it's supposed to go the other way. I'm supposed to find the evidence first. But anyway, so, <laughs> so I decided with 10 things and then I found the evidence to prove it and then wrote the book. So no, I didn't suffer from writer's block. It just flowed out of me. Oh, that's awesome. Did you always set out to publish it or did you just, did it start as a like hobby you're writing? So I think I, it just, it popped in my head that, hey, I want to write a book. So I wrote the book and just published it. Well, <laughs> so that was it. But I've, I've always been a writer. I In school, I was an English major and I had aspired to be a journalist, but then newspapers went away and I just had to get a, gov- a government job. But during the time of the pandemic, it gave me the opportunity to have a book pop in my head and just write it. That's wonderful. 
like uh, Mary and Mary Ann and I have talked about writing books recently. Um, and we st- have you written a book yet, Mary Ann? Are you Not there yet. yet? Not yet. But because we don't even know what we're going to write it about yet. <laughs> but in the book, you talk about how you met your husband. Right. And I think it's really a great story. So can you tell us about that and a little bit more about the book itself? Sure. Yes. I love our love story. <laughs> so how we met, I mean, let me go back before we met, like three weeks earlier, I I was ring shopping with another guy and I this kind of, it felt, it didn't feel right. We went ring shopping and I was so uncomfortable with it that night. So I prayed about it. And in the morning, I just knew I had to break up with the other guy. So I broke up with the guy. Three weeks later, I was having, I called it a Lifetime movie Saturday. (laughs) So I spent all day just watching Lifetime movie. It was a very lazy Saturday. And this was back before you can fast forward or get past commercials. Right now we stream, so I don't even watch commercials. So the match commercial kept coming on over and over again and if you watch something on the same channel they're going to keep having the same the same commercial come on over and over again so it it kept coming on it kept saying it's okay to look it's okay to look the match (laughs) commercial and it was saying meet you know meet the love of your life so probably after watching several lifetime movies probably late in the evening i finally decided to look and I decided to get on match and I did a search and the search was of my perfect guy. And the only reason I did a search of my perfect guy was because I wanted to prove that match didn't work. <laughs> so I, so I did over six feet tall. Doesn't have it. Doesn't has never been married, married before. Doesn't have any kids. Doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. That like my perfect guy and 20 miles away from me and only one guy on match met all my criteria. And it was my, um, my husband, it was the one guy who met all my criteria. So I, I didn't send him a message because I'm a girl. So I didn't send, (laughs) so I didn't send him a message, but I, the next day was Sunday and I couldn't get him out of my head. I was like, there's a guy out there who meets everything I would want in a guy. Mm-hmm. And so my, I talked to my brother and sister, and they both said to message him. So I sent him a message, went to bed Sunday night, Monday morning. There was a message back from him saying he was interested in me, too. And we started texting and... That night we got on our phone call. We met that Wednesday in person and we've been together ever since dating. And we got married a year after we met on the dating app. That's awesome. Now, wait a minute. You forgot about the mystical, magical kiss. So I did not say (laughs) you got to tell about that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It was so magical. So on the date, we we hugged for a long time at the end of the date. We were being very conservative. So we hugged and then I looked up at him and then he kissed me and we just kissed for a long, long time. And there was there was a couple who was sitting next to us when we were in a, when we were in a restaurant and they were like, you know, we heard them say something and then that broke up the kiss. But it was it was so magical. <laughs> and that was my last first date. Oh, That's, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That's fantastic. 
again, I gush over my husband. He's amazing. But I don't know if I have the giddy gushies. <laughs> yep. No, Didi beat you. She yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, and this is after 13 years. I'm still gushing over him. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. I love it. Love it. Love it. So, Didi, what do you think is blocking women from finding love like the one that you found or from having a healthy relationship where you're gushing over your husband after 13 years? So from the women that I talk to, a lot of what's what's blocking them is their own mindsets. So and I I suffer from the same thing when I when before I met my husband, there was like a decade where I was kind of looking for a guy and I, I didn't meet him yet. and all of these negative thoughts in my head about either there's not going to be a guy out there or I'm not good enough for a guy, like negative thoughts about myself. And then like, after you go through several of bad relationships, you start thinking, is there something wrong with me? And then you start thinking negative things about guys. Are there any good guys out there? So I think that is what's blocking women. It's just their, their mindset. And I think also like, just anything being on social media and the environment. It's so negative right now when you're talking about relationships and men and women. And so I teach my, my women to, to have different thoughts to be positive that you are going to meet your husband. You're going to meet a good guy. That's a good guy for you. So I help to, to change my client's mindset. That's great. I think that really is a big roadblock for a lot of people in a lot of different aspects, not just dating, but like, going to the next level in a whole bunch of different aspects of life, like your career or, you know, your relationships with your friends and family. So that's a good idea. Maybe, yeah. you know, do that's you great. only um, count, counsel single women over 30? Is that your, your niche? I, I, I am willing to counsel women under 30. I think all the ones, women that I've counseled so far have been over 30. But I am okay. definitely willing to do under 30. Or maybe there have been some in their late 20s. But okay. yeah, it just, those are the ones who, um, so far, those are the ones that I that I have canceled. Okay. Um, so in the book, you talk about settling. And I feel like sometimes love is a compromise. How can we tell whether we're settling or just compromising? So for me, I don't believe that you should settle at all. I, because I met exactly what I wanted, but right. when I'm saying settle, settling, I mean to marry someone you know that you're not going to be happy with for the rest of your life because you're just setting your marriage up for failure if you don't think you can spend the rest of your life with that person and be happy. And that's how I felt with the guy I broke up with three weeks before I met my husband. Like I, when I thought about my life with him in the future, and I, I was just like, it just didn't seem like it would be a good thing <laughs> at all. And so I think women are settling, like they already know that this guy is, is not someone who meets their needs and they're, they're settling for someone who's not going to treat them right, or who already has shown that they're not going to treat them right, or who talks to them a certain way that they shouldn't be talked to, or treat them like they're a servant, you know, different things that they already don't like, and they still get married to them. So when I say settling, it means marrying someone you don't think you'll be happy with for the rest of your life. And then compromising, I, I, I don't think you really have to compromise. The only 
way I think you should compromise is if it's someone you believe that you can be happy with for the rest of your life, then marry that person. But if he's six two instead of six one, I mean, that's yeah, stuff like that. You can compromise about little small stuff. Like one thing, I don't know if it was a compromise, but it was just something I ended up not caring about. Uh, My husband. I always thought that, and I always talk to women about that who have the same beliefs that, oh, my husband has to have a college degree and my husband doesn't. He has a high school diploma, but he's making six figures. So who cares? So women who are like, they have to have a college degree. That's, that's those type of things you can compromise on when it doesn't affect you being happy with the person for the rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, a good, that's a good point. And that yeah. there are also qualities that will help a person under overcome the things that might be like underwhelming for you at some point, right? Like, for example, the, the high school diploma, well, maybe he's a really hard worker, and he mm-hmm. has the ability to be like entrepreneurial and a business mindset and a hustler, you know, I think that we kind of have to take a look at um, the whole person approach is kind of what you're saying, right? Exactly. Yeah, definitely. He he was a hard worker and I could tell that when I first met him. Yep. And then the six two and six one, I think that that's an easy compromise, right? Like <laughs> Yeah, height differences, you know, because height was a big deal. But I'm I'm thinking if my husband's exactly the way he is and he's five nine and not six two, I'd think that I would still marry him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay, one of your readers wrote this amazing review, and I just, I have to read it to you because I thought it was great. This book shows that marriage works if you are willing to do the work before and during the marriage. It can indeed be a beautiful and fulfilling union for both parties. I wish I had a book like this around the time I was married or before I was married. What is your advice to keep your marriage alive and healthy if a person, for example, didn't have you know, all these look fors and now they're in it. So how do you keep it healthy? What do you do? So I still think it's so cliche, I can't say it, cliche, there you go, that communication is the key to our happy marriage. I believe that my husband and I can talk about anything and everything. And that is what's keeping our marriage alive. So even if something's bothering us, we can talk to each other in a way that it doesn't make the other person feel terrible. We can be, we can say things in the nicest way. And even if we disagree with each other, whenever we're talking, having any discussion, it's like almost automatic for me to try to figure out what's my husband's point of view on it. And then trying to figure out how we can get to a way where we're both happy with the decision. So it's not, it's, it's a very, it's a way where we're always, like looking out for each other. So I think if you're able to communicate about anything with your husband, that that helps bring your marriage alive. So even in, I don't know if this is G-rated or whatever, but even like in the bedroom, if you're able to communicate well with your, your spouse, you can keep it more alive. And if you, I know finances is a big thing that people people is a big reason why people have unhappy marriages, but we can talk about finances freely. Like we can talk about anything and everything freely with each other. And I think that's what's keeping a marriage alive. So even if something is not meeting your needs, like, Hey, I I think we should go out more. You can make your marriage alive. If you can tell your spouse that in a fun way, without saying you never take me out, you know, you can say it in a negative way that just like destroys any, um, 
the happiness that the husband feels, but you can say things in a very light way without accusing him of doing something wrong, just expressing your needs. So that's really interesting and approaching it in a way where it's going to be a conversation, right? Versus an argument. Cause if you're like, you never do this and that yeah. it would immediately turn into an argument. But if you approach it in a, in a, in a, productive way, it's probably going to be more productive. I'm going to write that down, Didi, so that I can apply that. <laughs> it will work wonder. It really will. If you say it the nicest way possible. But, but I do have a follow-up question. So do you think both of you came to this marriage with these good communication skills? Or did you just like connect to, to and adapt to these communication styles? Because I, I just wonder, like, was that a were you guys, did you have some of these skills before? That is an excellent question. And I don't think, I don't think we did. He's, I mean, like I've been able to communicate with him better than anybody else. And I don't think, I think it's because we had this really strong connection that it's very easy for us to communicate. And this has helped me communicate better to like employees as a supervisor. I can communicate better with employee because I communicate with my husband so well. So, that that is a good question, but I don't think we had like super amazing communication skills. It's just that we connected so well mm-hmm. that when we talked to each other, it's just natural that I don't want to just. I, I was going to say I must be <laughs> say a G-rated word. I was going to, but anyway, that we don't want to make each other upset. So we we just and I and I and for some reason with him, I feel I don't get upset with him. It's just like he is, our relationship is so light and there's so much love in the relationship that I don't even want to say something to make him upset. So right. well, that's it's a safe beautiful. space for you. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I will piggyback off of that. Corey and I have a really great communication, but we've been communicating now for like 35 years because we've known each other essentially our whole lives. Wow. So we knew each other when we were dating other people. Mm. And therefore, in a good way, we had, you know, no filter. We were able to just, <laughs> we were like, we were best friends a long time before we started dating. That's wonderful. So, yeah. So it was, we can say whatever's on our minds and just kind of, you know, we just say it. <laughs> and it, I got to tell you, it may not always be nice. But we do always recover. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. As long as you recover. And can you tell if he's hurt by something you say? When yeah. You, when you say it, you could tell. Okay. But I also know exactly how to push the button. <laughs> <laughs> do you push the buttons on purpose sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> You do not. It's always <laughs> accidental. I don't believe that. <laughs> I make up for it, but uh, sometimes if he's if he hits it just the right way, I'm like, guess what? Guess what I have for you today? <laughs> <laughs> That's we're good. Not, I was going to say work on more kindness, Dee Dee. We're going to be kinder in our marriage. Yeah. We're going to communicate with kindness. <laughs> I agree. Right. But the best part that you said was that you recover. So yeah. people make mistakes and I like that you go and recover and that's why you guys are still married. So Right. 19 years in and we're still kicking. Good. <laughs> yeah. And health and a healthy marriage. But I do think that something that you said was um, 
about like the connection that you have. And I think that the connection in both of your relationships is a big motivator to yeah. keep working towards, right? A better relationship, better communication. Um, and so the more connected, I think, like you said, you're, you're very attracted from the beginning. And I just think that that's motivation. You weren't motivated with the other guy that was also buying you a ring, you know, you ran right. out. <laughs> I was not. Um, so wait, we've heard some really bad horror stories about dating online and dating in general. Can you share a few of the most horrific stories you've heard so far from your clients? So my clients actually don't have a lot of horror stories because I make sure that they don't um, that they don't connect with guys who, you know. So, but what I have heard are just on social media in general when I'm reading the horror stories. And, and these are, seem light, but they're horror to me. Like a guy asking a woman to pick him up, pick her up and drive him to the first date because he doesn't have a car. <laughs> Stuff like that. Those are horror. <laughs> or a guy going to say, oh, I don't have my wallet. That's a, that's a horror story. Or, well, actually, this one was a client. She said that the guy looked... Like he had a picture that was 10 years younger. So he was way older in person than he was on the, on the picture on the dating app. So those are the type of stories that my, that I've heard or my clients have dealt with. Yeah. I've heard worse ones. I've heard worse ones. Like, you know, like send me a picture of your privates and things like that. And Tanika and I, we, we skipped this stage because we were married before there were cell phones. Wait a minute. We were not married before there were cell phones. Wait one minute. (laughs) Yep. There were cell phones, but there, there wasn't all this um, stuff. And match.com was, you know, like you're saying, it was just something that was on TV and they were trying to promote it. Um, so it was all pretty new. So we didn't we didn't experience this or haven't experienced this yet. Um, and the stories that my friends say are really, really interesting of just how forward some people can be, which I don't know, maybe happens when when you're older and when you're young. I don't know. I don't know. I can't I can't understand it, but it's they're pretty horrific stories for sure. Yeah. So one thing I tell my clients who are hesitant about getting on dating apps, yes, there's there's bad people on dating apps, but there's also good guys. There's good people there. And so don't not get on a dating app just because there are bad people, scammers online, um, catfishers, but there's still a lot of men online. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And men, men looking for a good woman too. So maybe the key is that the people that give you red flags, you got to like take that red flag from the very beginning, right? Like if they're asking you for something that's suspicious, don't send it. Exactly. Yes. Don't, yeah, don't, of course not. Don't send it. Don't send it. Don't send it. (laughs) Well, we had an episode about marital finances recently. So it's interesting that you said that about like him not breaking his wallet or him not having a car. Um, We both believe in combining the the finances just because we <laughs> that's all we know i guess you, yeah. you'll have to listen to that episode to learn a little bit more about that but your book says that you agree so tell us what what you think about this yes i definitely agree to combine the finances like if you don't feel comfortable enough to combine finances you probably shouldn't be marrying that person if there it just shows that you don't trust each other but you are definitely better together and 
that was like, it's not how, it's just how I, I felt like I was poor before I got married and I just like came up once I got married. But um, since I've been married, my income has tripled, our household income doubled just because we put our money together. And when we, we first got married, we started paying off each other's debt and we were like debt free within a year and a half of getting married. But since then, um, you know, we have a house now, but once we pay off our house, we're good. And we just bought a Tesla. But anyway, we were able to do that via Tesla because we put our finances together and we've just, our, our finances are beautiful when you're together. But if you're, if you have separate income, you're, you're like, it just starts another argument like, oh, you pay for that and you pay for this. And especially when you have kids, like it's just so, it's just too complicated. Just put your money together and it just makes life easier. Yeah, I definitely agree. I I don't have the bandwidth to have a secret account or a separate account. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Or to calculate like how much you owe me and how much I owe exactly. you and I own it all. So why would... I do that to begin with. I want my income to be my income and your income to be my income. And I just, that's the best way. <laughs> that's exactly the right way. <laughs> yes. Something that we do that we, we didn't do immediately, but then we thought this is like when we get bonuses, bonuses or any extra money, it now goes to the joint. At first we're like, Oh, you could put that in your own. You, you got that money yourself. But now we were just like, that costs too much trouble. Every type of money we get, we put it into our joint account. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like another, I mean, I guess, you know, you could be open about it and say like that there's lots of different ways, but I almost feel like it's this wall between couples, right? Like it's this barrier of these two different worlds that you're living in or these two different lives. Um, So I would think that it makes having like more communication, better communication, more difficult, right? I agree. Definitely. And I agree with that wall that you're not really together if you're, you have separate accounts. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We subscribe to that. (laughs) (laughs) With the the person, I am going to watch the other episode, but does she believe in separate accounts? Oh, that was just between the two of us. So it was just all the um, general expertise of Marianne and Tina. Ah, gotcha. Our experience, we were trying to be open about it and say that there are both, you know, many sides and many ways to do this, but we're we're definitely heavily leaning on one way. Um, But Deborah Owens, which is a financial wealth episode, talks about a lot of ways of women building their wealth and why it's important to do that. So that's, you know, the, the other side of it. But um, I don't, I don't think that having separate incomes necessarily helps your wealth. Let me put it that way. <laughs> right. Separate I accounts. Agree. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Separate accounts. Yep. So um, getting back to the dating and how you help people get into dating and finding the right person. Do you think that the people that you help or people in general should make themselves more approachable or do you think that love just finds you? Do you have to go out and find it? Or does love find you once you've made yourself open? I believe definitely that women need to be proactive. I grew up like my entire like dating life before I met my husband. I grew up thinking that you just sit there and wait for the man finds you. Like he who finds a wife find a good thing. Yeah. And so I just sat and no one ever <laughs> came to me. And I do believe that there are some lucky women that a guy across the room will see you and just come to you. That happens 
sometimes. But if you want to get married, you have to be proactive. Getting on, get on a dating app, actually put yourself out there. And I believe that that's the best way. And, and I just spent, wasted so much time believing that I just had to wait for a guy to come to me. And that didn't happen. When I actually was proactive, that's when I met my husband and he's still a leader. I know women are like afraid. Well, I want to marry someone who's, who will lead me. He's still a strong leader. So just, it could, yeah, he, it's okay if you actually were proactive and you meet the guy that way. Yeah. So you, you encourage going like if you're at a grocery store or a party or a mixer of some sort and you see someone that you like, go up to that person and start talking. Yeah. So I also lead a singles group at my church and I told them that that exact same advice that if you see a guy that you're interested in, it's okay to say hi. It's okay. It's not like you're you're breaking any code or anything. It's okay just to start talking because he may not notice you until you until you actually talk to the person. And for my husband on a dating app, he he had given up on the dating app and he was just letting his subscription run out. Like I would have missed out on my husband because he was on there for a few days, but he did a, a month um, subscription and I would have just missed them. But because I reached out to him, we're yep. married and we have three beautiful kids now. So. Yep. And if not, that's putting a lot of pressure on someone else, right. To control like your destiny, showing yep. a little bit of interest. It's not like you're, saying something inappropriate. I, I don't think that you're meaning like, oh, you got to be really forward and no. just give a signal. Just give yeah. a signal that you're interested. Yeah. I think so. Wink maybe, you know, wink at people. <laughs> I think that's okay too. <laughs> just say hi. Yeah, that's fine. Walk around with your card and just, you know, say hey. <laughs> Call me. Hit me up sometime. Well, this is a topic that I'm very interested in. The chores. And you say oh. that sharing chores is a great idea. And I'm sure a lot of people agree. So how do we get into this habit of being a little bit more equal and sharing? How, how did you do it? So we were very, very lucky. We had a really, really good premarital counselor. And so he was the one who told us about putting our finances together and paying off our debt together. But he also had a list of all kinds of chores and he asks us to decide who's going to do what chores. And my husband was wonderful. We, so we discussed the chores and most of the answers on the list was both, 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 both. Like he agreed that he's going to do dishes. He's going to help with the kids. He's going to clean. He's going. So it, it was a discussion before we got married, like how are we going to handle the chores? And so he, pre he does an excellent job helping out around the house. But again, this is one of the, the communicating in a sweet way. Hey, baby, can you help me with this? Can you help me do the tables and I do this? Like, so if I, if my husband, which I, I, I hardly, he really does, he's really half and half. But if I see him lounging and I'm like working like crazy, I would say, hey, babe, can you help me with blah, blah, blah? Um, so I could do this. So I would just ask him in the sweetest way again, not saying you never do anything in the house, you know? So, um, yeah. And then another thing I talk about in the book of doing whenever, like when my husband, um, does dishes, I always, and he, 
after he finishes, like, thank you so much for doing the dishes. Like, I show my appreciation. It gets him to do it more and more. So, like, whenever your spouse does something, just show your appreciation. And it just makes them want to keep doing it for you. Well, you're, you're asking for help sounds really nice because I sound like a dragon spitting like fire. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I don't get to the part where it's like, hey, thanks, babe. Because, you know, like I <laughs> in the worst way. Um, and I will say that I do think that this is an area where a lot of men try to t- trick women into thinking that they like, like to contribute or like to clean up after themselves or like to take your car to change their oil and wash your car. Like in the dating phase, I think you got to be careful and look for some signs to see if this is sustainable. I don't know. That's just my experience. Maybe I'm jaded. Yeah, no. So your guy doesn't take, because my, my husband takes oil changes, takes my car to put gas no, Didi. No, they're out there. No. Oh, okay. I thought that was just like automatic for guys to know that they do that. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. No, it happens. It happens. So <laughs> how do we reconcile this, right? Like, how do we reconcile with these men that like trick us into pretending that they're going to help out? Maybe that's volume two. <laughs> yeah, it will be. But again, talk to him. Hey, babe, I need you to help me out. I'm doing this, this, this in the nicest way, not the dragon way. <laughs> dragon. I'm going to work. Yeah. Out. yeah. So it's a lot of times and I'm, I'm surprised the guys just don't know. They really don't. They think you're, yeah. you're happy, you're satisfied and they don't know that you're, you, you think that they could be doing more unless you tell them in the nicest way. Right. In the way. Yeah. communication piece because mm-hmm. I've heard so many times, even from my own husband, but from you know, guy friends that I have, we're not mind readers. Men always say we're not mind readers. We're not we can't know that there's something wrong if you don't tell us. Exactly. Yeah. I and I wrote about that in a book. I don't it was like the first or second day of marriage is when I learned that he does not read my mind. Like I <laughs> I left the dishes for him and I was just waiting for him to wash the dishes and he never did. <laughs> then finally I said, babe, I, you know, I left the dishes for the last three days. <laughs> Cause I thought, it says, Oh, I didn't know. I just didn't know how to use dishwasher. That was, so I just thought, Oh, I thought, cause we already agreed before we got married that we're both going to share. And he's like, right. oh, yeah, I do want to do that. But I read, you know, I just assumed that he was trying to leave all the work and he just didn't know how to use the dishwasher. And he just, didn't ask but that's when I knew that he doesn't he can't read my mind he doesn't think the same way I do he's a man I'm a female we grew up two different parts of the 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 United States so I usually just tell him what I'm thinking and he appreciates that that I tell him exactly what I'm thinking that's awesome writing it down yes (laughs) they will appreciate it they really will um, so I want to know a little bit more about your coaching services and where people can contact you and like a little bit about the process, like what happens with your coaching services? So the, I have a couple of offers out right now. So one of the coaching courses, one-on-one, and again, the best way to reach me or to see all of these services is to go to DD at DD. I was going to say my email address. That's not me. But if you do a Google search for DD. It'll, my page will come up and it's just ddpatterson.com, D-E-E-D-E-E, patterson.com. 
And that's the easiest way. But I have one-on-one coaching services. That's the most expensive. And then I have group coaching. And then I just came out with this online dating kit. It's only $37. And it includes things like uh, communication scripts. It includes what I think are the best dating apps. It includes 100 conversation starters, um, Mm -hmm. pros and cons of the dating apps. So it just has it's it's called a 21 dating app kit because there's 20, 21 um, downloadables that you can have for only $37. So if you go onto my website, you can easily go to that and download it. But um, with the coaching services, I help women. There's three parts of it. So I help them change their mindset. We talk about what they're believing about dating, dating apps, men, everything that they're, whatever they went through in the past, because they come up with stories in their head. And so when I talk to them, I easily identify, oh, that's just a story that you're believing. It may not be true. So when I talk to them one-on-one or in the group coaching session, we talk, as I'm talking to them, I help them identify the stories that they're believing. And then, um, we start talking about matching with the right one. We have checklists we, we come up with um, just so we can identify the right person. And then I help them get onto dating apps and then to look for the right guy for them. That's wonderful. I, I love it. About how long is this process? Is it just till you find someone or is it like a subscribe period of time? So it just depends on the services that um, they purchase. But the group coaching is six months. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All great services. I think I'm going to have to sign up for one-on-one coaching because Didi, you've given me some great nuggets here of wisdom and I'm going to apply them and I'm going to come back and ask you for more. Good. <laughs> I need what you have. It's beautiful. It was a really beautiful love story. And I love your coaching packages because I'm sure that a lot of women it's like having a buddy, right? It's like having a wing woman that's helping exactly. you in this journey. So amazing. It's been a wing really woman that knows what she's talking about. That That's a good thing. <laughs> right? That did it that and that got married and that has a loving relationship of 13 years. So yes. Yeah. 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 So that's good. I love helping women. I love seeing, and I can actually see the light bulb when they're like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that. So yes, yes, I I definitely love it. So if you're interested in um, any type of coaching, just do a Google search for me, Dee Dee Patterson, and you'll you'll come to my website. That's great. It's almost like having um, an accountability coach, right? Like you're behaviors that are getting in your way. You're not realizing what you're doing. Take a look at how you're approaching this. So I'm sure it's super helpful. Didi, it's been so great having you. Thank you so much. I hope that you come back for volume two, because I know that yeah. you're probably writing it. If not on your computer, it's already in your head. And I can't yes. wait. Well, before we go, I did want to ask if you have any quick pearls of wisdom for daters or young married couples. Yeah, I think we talked a, lo- a lot about them. But the again, the first one is the the communication and a big thing, again, that I'm dealing with with daters, they have a lot of assumptions in their head. Like they are, a guy could do something in the beginning of the relationship when it's so new that 
it's not a red flag yet. It's just, you know, he's awkward and he's just starting out and they already assume all these negative things about them. So my, my words of wisdom is just to get curious and ask more questions instead of just assuming that he's doing something wrong or he's doing something badly because women, we have a lot of stories in our head that we need to just think about like, is this a story? Is this true? Or is this just something that's in my head? And if you don't know, just ask him questions to see, to validate what you're thinking. So that's one thing is just to work on those assumptions, communication for young couples. Again, be able to talk to your partner without being upset or yelling, just talk in a calm way, try to understand the other person's side, try to understand what their views are and try to figure out how to get to a place that make you both happy. And that's what my husband and I do all the time is that we don't want one person to, to be the happy person. The other person is always taking the the bad side of it, but just see how you both can be happy with the decision and not move forward until you both are happy. So those are the things I think, again, communication is the, the big, the big thing is being able to talk to the person and try to understand the person without getting upset or letting whatever's in your brain affect you actually communicating to the person. That is great advice. So for everyone that's listening that, you know, you look at Marianne and I as the old married couple, we don't know what we're talking about. You have an <laughs> expert now <laughs> that's giving you great advice. So get out there, make yourself approachable, approach someone, um, communicate, and don't be afraid to be curious. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for summing that up so nicely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Dee, Dee. We really appreciate you coming by, spending some time with us, giving us great wisdom. And we hope that people will you know, look for your services at www.ddpatterson.com and of course the book my match.com marriage our 10 secrets to a happy marriage yes (laughs) bye everyone thank you for listening